Alright, alright, here we are, or here I am. I mean, you guys are here too, so I guess we can just continue on with the theme of here we are. Now, today I'm going to be kind of copying Lydia in the sense that I'm doing a similar episode to her previous solo episode that you would have heard uh, about a month ago or a fortnight ago. Um, she talked about all things physiotherapy and what it means to be a physio. And I thought I would do the same, but for my profession, which is exercise physiology. Now, there's a lot of crossover between these two, um, I was going to say industries, but I guess they're in the same industry. In these two professions, there is a lot of crossover. There's also a lot of variety and individual, in, <laughs> that's a tough word to say, individuality. We'll go with that. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to basically speak from my experience, how I uh, got into the EP field, what my experience was at uni, and how I kind of got to where I am today. Um, so first off, what is an exercise physiologist? Now this question comes up all the time, and we people either think we are physios, and sometimes, to be honest, I just go along with it, because it's just too frustrating to have to explain it, because they'll just say, oh, that's right, you're a physio, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, physio, cool, and it's just like, oh, but then you say exercise physiology, and then you feel like a bit of a, like, just a bit like, oh, excuse me, actually, it's exercise physiology. Like, uh, shut up. No one cares. It doesn't matter. Um, but yes, most people get confused, which is fair enough because the words are very similar and we do similar things and we treat similar people. So no one is to blame for that. All right, time for everyone's favorite segment. Would you rather? Gosh, I feel like some sort of game show host. Um, now, I have, since recording that previous audio i've asked for some would you rathers and some questions just because it's a bit of fun and why not so starting off with the first one would you rather in brackets because of where you live start your run with a hill or finish with a hill minimum 25 meters such a good question because starting with a hill is awful like when you're cold and stiff and not warmed up and not raring to go starting with a hill is just like the biggest pain but then also if you've done a solid run and then the last thing you have to do is a hill also not fun so I think in summary we're going to do rapid fire I think I'd rather finish with a hill because I'm already like warmed up and if it's just the last little bit then like surely I can get through it and then go home and be done with it um thank you Cam for that question now from Chris Wong previous guest would you rather do 500 calf raises or run a marathon? Now, I feel like this is just a dig at me for not doing my calf raises, but I'm actually not, I don't hate calf raises. I just forget to do them. Um, I also don't hate running marathons. So I guess it depends on the situation. Is it 500 single leg calf raises or double leg? And is it like weighted, unweighted, body weight? Is it like continuous? I feel like there's some more factors we need to clarify. But just in general, if I had to do 500 calf raises, one after the other, or a marathon. I think I do the calf raises, right? Like, obviously I like running a marathon, but I'm not going to do that all the time. Whereas calf raises, I feel like, you know, it's just five sets of 100, 10 sets of 50. I think that's more achievable in a shorter amount of time, probably more efficient. Um, now, Peter, also previous guest, would you rather get food from an aid station or carry all your nutrition in a vest? Um, I'm assuming you mean if I'm getting it from the aid station, that means I don't have the access to the things in the vest. So it's like an either or situation. I guess that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Would you rather? Um, I think I'd, well, see, this is interesting, isn't it? Because if we were relying on the on the aid stations, then 
you've got to hope or assume that the things there are the things that you like having. Whereas in the vest, obviously you get all the control. You can choose exactly what you want. Now, if I was just doing something short, I'd probably be happy to carry my vest because I wouldn't need much. But if I was in a hypothetical situation doing a 24 hour or a 100k, 100 mile, something like that, I'd probably choose the aid station just because it's like a bit of variety, a bit interesting, like something to look forward to. Whereas if I wasn't a late, if I wasn't able to access that I think I'd be like getting to those stations and then being disappointed because I would not get anything to try and also the fun of the aid station is just like trying all the things even though the number one rule of thumb is do not try anything new on race day it's kind of fun isn't it you know anyway cool all right Michael DiStefano thank you so much for your question would you rather run uphill for 100 kilometers or run around a track for 100 kilometers Around a track 100% every day of the week. Now, obviously, the track, boring. We know that. But hills are just... I just really, really am not about the hills at the moment. Um, Also, if it's just continual uphill and you get no flat or no down, like that is... That would take me weeks, I reckon. Um, So, yeah, on a track because number of reasons. Logistically, makes more sense. You can have all your stuff there. You can have all your friends cheering for you there. Just like at the Hectic 5000 on Wednesday. That was a great time. Um, but yeah, no uphill for me, thank you. I would prefer the track. Uh, we have a question from Max saying, would you rather run blindfolded or run backwards for a month? I feel like both of these are very risky, very dangerous. I think I would prefer to run backwards because I think being blindfolded, like you'd just be so disorientated. Like obviously knowing me, I don't know if this is a dig at me, but I would probably fall over. I fall over even with my eyes closed. So, I mean, I fall over even with my eyes open, let alone blindfolded. But I think if I was running backwards, at least I'd still be able to sort of like get my bearings a little bit, see what's going on around me. Um, And I think it's meant to be really good for your knees and your quads to do some backward uphill sort of stuff or backward anything um so yeah definitely the backwards for me thank you hopefully no injuries or broken watches following that we have a question from running legend sota run utmr every sunday for the rest of your life or never run again geez these are all quite personal aren't they i think everyone knows what i hate car phrases hills um utmr every sunday wow for those of you who don't know 25k uh seven laps well, kind of 14 laps, seven laps, one big lap, one small lap. So 14 laps kind of um, with a big hill in the middle of it. Now, I quite enjoy the downhill and the flat of that part. Um, in terms of doing it every week, like it's not the most convenient location. It's also not the most scenic location. So I think my Sunday long runs would get very boring very quickly if that's what I was doing every week. But then I can't just not run ever again. So surely I would have to, I'd have to just do UTMR every Sunday because I can't just not run. So I think that's just that's just a given. I'd just have to suck it up and surely eventually I'd start to enjoy it a bit more. I mean, I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the support and the people. I just really struggle with hills. So yeah, definitely would have to just suck that up. Maybe I'd have to move to the street so I could just step out of my door, do a quick 25k and then get on with my life each week. Um, so yeah, thank you for those who sent them in. It was a little last minute late notice, but thank you so much. Um, also a quick little summary of the Hectic 5000 put on by Turbo Runners, which was two days ago. Um, such a great event. We had 
we <laughs> we as if like me claiming it was my event turbo had a huge turnout um heaps of people heaps of pbs perfect conditions so many of the photos are so cool because it was pretty cold but obviously like running 5k you get quite warm and so the steam coming off everyone's heads was just so good like it just looked cool it looked like we all really gave it a proper go um i was pretty happy with my effort i felt like i worked hard and i haven't done anything like that in quite a while so i feel pretty happy with where i was at um 22.15 for anyone wondering anyone curious um so i think that's good i think that's a good little benchmark i my 5k like that's not really my priority at the moment obviously i'm training for this ultra at the end of the year so it doesn't really matter my speed necessarily um i've just got to start getting some time on the legs i'm really struggling at the moment because we're well, not struggling but i'm finding it difficult because i just keep wanting to do all these events but um they mean that i i'm doing less of just lots of easy mileage because i'm like oh you know i'm doing that race tonight so i won't do like heaps of stuff before it um i'm not really tapering or like taking time off but i'm just sort of adjusting a little bit so we've got city to surf this sunday so that'll be good to get 14ks in i think i'm on like 30ks at the moment um but yesterday i tried to run i don't know if anyone saw my strava i did like a 1.8k run (laughs) and i stopped to go to the loo and then as i just like stopped pause my watch i honestly thought i was going to pass out um i had to grab the wall in the bathroom and just stand there for like a few minutes and then i just sat down outside for like 20 minutes and every time i tried to get up i honestly thought my legs were going to give way so that's an interesting one um i ran this morning with work we did a nice little trail run and felt fine didn't feel those same things and i felt all right afterwards but i just had to slowly walk back home which i don't know if i've ever had to do that before I feel like i've always been able to finish a run or at least like i've definitely walked a little bit at the end of a run but not physically be able like not be able to move or not be able to walk without feeling like you're gonna pass out so that was really interesting i'd eaten food i'd eat i'd drunk water i'd slept all right like i don't know there was nothing really that stood out to me as to why that occurred um but yeah a little bit of a dilemma in the day so my k's are a little bit off for the week now but i'm thinking i'm gonna go for a little double i think i'm gonna do a friday double i'm gonna pick up my bib for city to surf today um and I'm either going to do a couple of laps of Centennial while I'm around that area or I've got work at Gore Hill Oval this afternoon. So I might do a few laps there. So either one, I'll just get a couple more Ks. It won't be huge. And then tomorrow morning, I've got the beginner's run. So I would probably do another 5Ks or so. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but I need to start running long. If anyone also in the Sydney area would like to do some Sunday long runs, I feel like most of the groups train during the week and like do Saturday morning stuff. But I don't know too many people that are doing like a group Sunday long run, but I feel like we need to make that happen because I need some accountability. I need to start just getting some long time on the legs Um, and I'm just struggling to get the time during the week at the moment. So I think Sunday is the answer to that uh, conundrum. So yeah, reach out if you want to come for a run, easy pace. We can have a chat and all of those fun things. Um, I think that's all I had to say. I'm not sure where I'm going to insert this in, maybe just halfway, just to spruce things up a little bit um, while you're listening to the EP chat. Um, Yeah, thanks. Bye. Oh, and also, like, don't stop listening because it's going to keep going. Thanks. But let me break it down for you. Now, I'm not going to lie. I did Google this definition because 
Um, I'm not really sure what my definition is. I think for me, an exercise physiologist is someone that treats or manages chronic disease or chronic condition or chronic injury through exercise modalities. Um, but I thought I'd Google it just to make sure I'm getting that all correct. Now, this is from the ESSA website. Um, ESSA is Exercise and Sports Science Australia. So that's our board, similar to how physios and chiros have APRA or APRA, as Lydia pronounced it. I thought it was APRA, but what do I know? I'm not a physio. Um, so AEPs, otherwise known as Accredited Exercise Physiologists, are university qualified allied health professionals equipped with the knowledge, skills and competencies to design, deliver and evaluate safe and effective exercise interventions for people with acute, subacute or chronic medical conditions, injuries or disabilities. Um, the path <laughs> can't even speak. The pathology domains covered by the service of AEPs includes cardiovascular, metabolic, neurological, musculoskeletal, cancer, kidneys, respiratory slash pulmonary, and mental health. Also, any other condition for which there is evidence that exercise can improve the client's clinical status. So, very broad, as you can see, lots of categories there. But basically, how I see it is anyone that's going through anything could probably do with exercising. Now, often these people who are maybe quite unwell or haven't exercised before don't know where to start and they get told by their GP, oh yeah, you should probably exercise, which is really best case scenario because that often doesn't happen. Often people are given medications and every other option under the sun before exercise is even considered where in most situations it should be your first point of call but if the GP does suggest exercise the client or patient then has to figure out how to exercise and if you're someone who has never done that before and you've gone throughout your whole life never walking into a gym never going for a run that is a really confronting thing and it can be really hard so my job is to educate and empower these individuals to live a life filled with exercise and make exercise a part of their life. Now, it's not as simple as me just saying, oh, hey, you've got this condition, so these are the best exercises for you. It's more about working that into their lifestyle and their routine and their schedule and breaking down some of the barriers that are obviously present because if they weren't present, this person would probably already be exercising without my help. So that is my little summary, I guess you could say. And as we said, there's lots of different areas. Um, some people work in hospitals and private practice, similar to what Lydia was saying about physio. For me personally, I have spent my time in private practice. Um, and I guess taking it back a little bit, I first went to uni to study sport and exercise science, but always in the back of, the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to do exercise physiology, despite not really knowing what it involved. Um, I remember in year 10 for art, we had to design like a business card um, on our computer. Not really sure why, um, but I chose exercise physiology as my job and I put on my business card, Sophie Lane EP and have this nice, I remember it, this really nice blue, like, not quite skeleton, but like a see-through, I don't know what you call that, when you can see the organs, but not the skeleton. Sounds a bit gross, but it was just a nice image. Um, and then like a cardiac line. Gee, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I haven't looked at those that stuff. An ECG. Uh, basically, that was on my business card. And then I did work experience with an EP, and it was so much fun. I just went around to these uh, retirement villages and people's houses, and the EP that I was working with was a little bit different and I guess that's the thing everyone does treat slightly differently 
But the guy that I was uh, being supervised by, or helping out, I guess, in that time, in year 10, um, took his ukulele and would sing songs and get people dancing and singing and having a good time. And here I was expecting us to, like, get them to lift weights and do all this stuff. It was more about, like, community engagement and social interaction. And if they got a bit of movement out of it, then that was a bonus. So that is that was my first sort of um, interaction with the EP industry. Um, and then, yeah, I was sold. It was just so much fun just driving around playing the ukulele. So that was really cool. So I then, yeah, studied sports science and then did my master's uh, through CSU online um, to get the EP qualification. Now you can do it that way or you can now do a four-year degree. Um, there wasn't really many of those around when I started. So I did the three years and then the master's, which to be honest, I feel like sounds pretty cool. I've got a master's, but I could have just done a four-year degree and get the same thing. Anyway, so that was the process. Um, once I finished, I just started applying for jobs in, um, whatever was going really. Um, and I luckily got the first job I applied for and yeah, it was cool. It was, I was there. I'm trying to think back. I should have checked out all the dates before this. My guess is I'd be there. I was there probably six or seven months. Um, it was a physio dominant practice. So I think there were eight or nine physios and three of us EPs. It had a very, very well-equipped gym set up, which was just amazing because a lot of practices, it'll just be like a normal clinic with maybe a few dumbbells and a step, uh, maybe some resistance bands or something like this. But this gym had a Pilates studio and every kind of um, piece of equipment you could want in a normal, typical Globo gym. So that was really cool. Um, and I also had access to some really knowledgeable physios and I learned a lot when I first started uh, because I was new to the practice, I didn't have a full caseload. So I got to spend a lot of time just checking out some of the other physios or other uh, practitioners work and sitting in on some consults and looking at all different sort of injuries. But the trouble I had here was it was very physio dominant or very physio heavy. Now, at first I thought this was great because I would be able to like in an ideal world, what would happen? My thought was someone would get injured, they would go to see a physio to get their diagnosis. So an EP doesn't diagnose, um, but we can treat. So what I would imagine was you sprain your ankle, you go and see the physio, the physio goes, this is what's wrong with you. I'm going to start you off with this sort of acute and immediate management. And then you're going to go and see an EP to get your comprehensive exercise individual program from there. Um, that didn't really happen. What tended to happen was I basically just got palmed off some of the clients that the physios didn't really want to see anymore. So if they'd been seeing someone for years, nothing was happening. They're like, oh, yeah, maybe give EP a try. See if that does anything. So I'd end up with these people who were really, really chronic, had had no luck and had were just basically living in pain 24-7. And we got some results, but it was very, very challenging and very difficult. And it just... I didn't feel valued there. Um, it kind of, and the, and I didn't leave because of that sole reason. And I didn't tell them that, <laughs> but a new job came up that was just seemed way better. So I thought I'd take the leap, take the opportunity. And I think when you're first out of uni, a lot of people tell you, um, you know, you should stay at your first job for a year or two years or, you know, just stick it out, just, you know, take it all in, learn as much as you can, don't chop and change, like, you know, your resume is going to look so bad if you've just got all these jobs for like a few months and 
just going to show that you don't stick to anything and that you're just going to quit. But life is too short to settle for something that isn't exactly what you want. So I didn't settle. Um, I got a message from a different company who um, yeah, reached out to see if I was interested in a job and I was like, yeah, may as well go suss it out. So I thought I was just going in for a casual chat just to check out their facility, um, but it turned out to be a full-on interview. And yeah, a few days later, I got a call to say I had the job, which it's always hard. I really, really struggle leaving a job. Um, I find it quite emotional, especially in this sort of work because you build up these relationship relationships with clients. I had a couple of um, group exercise classes, so I'd be seeing the same people three times a week and I basically just knew everything about them, knew all about their life, their struggles. Um, I had f- quite a few clients that were going through some mental health conditions and struggles and um, yeah, it was really hard to leave them. I felt like I was abandoning them, but it was the right decision for me and sometimes you just have to be selfish. So this is just really veering off a little bit from what is an EP to my life story. But anyway, I got this new job Um, and yeah, it was fantastic. There was, I think at that point, seven of us EPs. So it was one of the only EP only clinics in the Hunter. Um, And to be honest, there's not many EP only clinics anywhere. It's pretty much 90% of the time. It's a physio practice with a few EPs chucked on the side, just as a bit of a bonus, a bit of an extra. Um, And what I'm finding quite challenging now is that a lot of physios, as you would have heard Lydia speak about, um, some physios, most physios now, are using exercise as a primary modality and primary treatment, which is absolutely fantastic because everyone needs exercise. Everyone needs some form of resistance training, some form of cardio training. It is crucial. It is just, you, yeah, you can't live without it. So it's fantastic to see that that is becoming more widely accepted as the first option or the best option in most cases. But what that means is physios are starting to do pretty much what we do. So to me, I'm starting to feel like our job is becoming a little bit redundant because we're these exercise specialists and now there's physios that are just doing exactly what we do, but they also offer a nice massage. So what I struggled with at that first job was a lot of clients would come in and they'd we'd finish up and I'm like, all right, thanks so much. And I'm like, oh, do I not get the massage or like, you're not going to like touch me or give me some needles or anything? I'm like, no, sorry, I don't do any hands-on treatment. So that's another differentiating, differentiating factor between us and physios. We don't touch you. We don't do any hands-on. Um, so I really struggled with the fact that the physios were just doing exactly what I did, except they seemed to know a little bit more because they could do all these manual therapy techniques. But when I started at this new job, whether it was EPs only, I realized we have so, so, so much to offer. I think for us, it's less about, I mean, it depends where you go and it depends who you are. There are a lot of EPs that love to treat injury, but what I started to really like at this new job was I could just see the difference I was making in people's lives and that was through exercise. I had a lot of people who had been through a lot, had a lot of workers' comp clients who had just had years and years of bad luck and injury after injury and just poor treatment and all of this stuff and they could come in and see me and we could hang out and have a laugh for an hour they could do their exercise with me in the gym and we could have a chat and then they'd go home and I felt like that little bit of time they really enjoyed 
And if and for some of them, that was the highlight of the week. To come into the gym and see me was the best thing going because they didn't have a job. They may not have many family or friends. Um, and when you're spending that much time with someone, you really start to build this relationship. So I really started to value that and value our profession again because I realized we definitely have a place and I think we can all work together and fit in quite well um, and we can change people's lives. So that was a really cool time for me. I don't remember, I think I was there maybe 10 months. So again, started getting, I just, I started getting itchy feet. I started just thinking like, this has been really good, um, but I need something else. And throughout this whole time, obviously with the podcast and even before that, I always knew I wanted to work with runners. That was always in the back of my mind, but I never really considered it because I just didn't think there would be a job out there where I could just work with runners or majority runners. Um, I just, didn't think that was possible unless I was I don't know working for the Olympic team or something like that so it was always there as a dream but I never really thought it was possible Um, and my partner ended up moving to Sydney just before one of the big lockdowns so I was living in Newcastle he was in Sydney and I didn't want to do that long distance anymore so that was a big reason Um, so I sort of kept my eye out for jobs in Sydney for a couple of months sort of over um sort of over Christmas time and I saw this job come up for this place called North Shore Running um and Sydney Performance Lab and I was like oh this looks really cool and I read into it a little bit more and it was basically just working with runners um I can't remember exactly what happened I think it was kind of like the public holiday period in between Christmas New Year um and I think I just missed missed the boat on that so I just thought oh well that's a shame um that would have been perfect but you know too good to be true whatever blah 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 anyway get on with the rest of the year or the next few months and I'm keep scrolling through seek just to keep an eye out on what's around but I just knew there was no point settling I like there was hundreds I mean hundreds of EP jobs very very well-paying EP jobs in Sydney um but I just didn't want them I didn't want to just work in another clinical practice I wanted to work with runners and I thought if I'm going to move jobs again (laughs) for the third time within like less than two years I want to make sure it's the right place so that I'm not just moving again so the job for Sydney Performance Lab came up once again and it listed all of the things that I had only a few months prior. I think at the start of that year, I'd listed all of the things that I'd like to be doing and it included doing VO2 max and lactate threshold testing. It included doing running biomechanics assessments, strength and conditioning for runners, some exercise physiology and some running coaching. And that was literally word for word what was listed on this job ad. So I just thought, okay, it's happening the job's back again. I'm not sure why it's back again, what's going on. But anyway, I'm going for it. Sent an email, got in touch, had a chat on the phone, met up in person with my new current boss and the rest is history. So in April this year, I moved to Sydney, started this dream job and it's really, really cool. It's not where I thought I'd be as an EP. I think it's really different and most of my EP friends do sort of what I was doing before, this sort of clinical work Um very sort of typical allied health practitioner setting whereas what I'm doing now is so varied and so much variety but majority of my time is spent with runners so I do a lot of strength and conditioning so the runners come in and we do their strength programs for their performance and hopefully some injury prevention benefits Um, I also coach a few running groups for kids and I do some interval sessions for adults 
Um, I do a bit of ergonomic assessment through a different company that we contract for. So I'm basically doing all of the things that I wanted to do. Um, and I'm in a great location that I love. So this wasn't the point of the story, but that's a nice little happy ending for you all. Um, it's all worked out and I'm just absolutely loving it. So that's really cool. But I guess what that just highlights is the varied nature of the EP role. Um, and it is growing. It is really new. I think I always get the number wrong, but I'm pretty sure like it's something like 10 or 15 years since the accreditation first existed. So it was there a little bit in the background before, but it was never really official. Um, and it's all still sort of growing and still so many people don't even know what we are or what we do or how we can help them. So I think if we can just spread the word and just be like, hey, we're here for you if you need us. Um, and I think if we can work alongside physios and podiatrists and chiros, um, and I think if we can just be included in that conversation a little bit more, because you always just hear people seeing a physio, a pod or a chiro, um, potentially a massage therapist or sometimes an osteo. But you very, very rarely hear people mention EP among those names. We're either portrayed as this glorified PT or people just think we're a physio not just a physio, sorry, people think we're a physio just the same as them. Um, But we're different. We can offer other things and different services. And if you've tried lots of things in the past and maybe you haven't tried EP and maybe we are the solution for you. So I guess in summary, we are allied health professionals and practitioners um, and we use exercise to make you feel better and to change your life basically. So um, I think my services are probably less relevant for you listening to this podcast because I imagine if you're listening to the podcast you're probably pretty active so my traditional EP services of getting you moving again are probably less relevant but what I'm offering now is some online running coaching some in-person running coaching strength and conditioning testing biomechanics assessments all of that fun stuff which is a little bit left of field Um, but I'm loving it and really enjoying it and I just want to keep continuing Um, this journey working with runners and yeah seeing where we can take it so thank you so much for listening if you've got any questions about what an EP is or for Lydia what a physio is um, yeah we can continue to answer those and yeah I guess I should mention as well um, I probably am a little bit different in the sense that if I'd just done a traditional EP route or route if you've listened to our previous episodes you'll get that um then I wouldn't have the job I have, but because I've done some external courses, so strength and conditioning certificates and recreational running level two course and a few things like that, that has really helped me to, um, I guess, help the runners as best I can. So yeah, I think that is the summary for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Hopefully it wasn't too long and rambly for you. Um, in terms of life updates, probably won't update you too much because I'm recording this a little bit ahead of time so by the time this comes out everything could have changed but yeah happy running and thank you for your support check out the description below or the show notes below for some discount codes get yourself some tailwind and some vivo barefoots and yeah catch you later